Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. So my guest today, Samuel Golden, has had a highly successful career as a contact center artificial intelligence pre-sales engineer for some of the big companies out there like Avaya, Nuance, Talldesk, and so on. And during this episode, I really want you to pay attention to a couple of things that Samuel touched on. Uh, number one, he talked a little bit about storytelling, and he provides a great tip that I don't do, but I highly recommend it. Number two, he talks about as a pre-sales SE and, and the technology that he sells, demos are a big deal. So he talks about his process of gathering customer needs prior to the demo. And then finally, he gives some great advice for the for the sales engineer. And it's some things that maybe he didn't do early in his career, but he's learned over time and does more of these now. So enjoy the episode. Samuel Golden, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing? Well, thank you for the uh, greetings and the nice welcome, Chris. I'm doing well, thank you. Been a long time. So you and I worked together. Actually, you were an SC when I was an AM back at Lucent Technologies. Back, I, I don't want to put a date because then that will maybe age me, but a long time ago. Yes, it has been a long time and different adventures and different uh, Chris and curves ever since then. Yeah. So we were di- we were in the networking space. We were overlay specialists selling the uh, the uh, back the Cajun switches and some of the ATM equipment that Lucent had at the time. But then you pivoted back to the enterprise UC side of the business and pretty much have been doing that ever since, right? Uh, yes, I pretty much just focus on contact center technologies now. We're more focused on the uh, more intelligent side of things in contact centers, such as conversational AI, which is the evolving technology stack today. That's where the more popular topics of discussion most customers have today in regards to contact center. Yeah, you know, so I was interested in catching up with you because a lot of the people that I have on are are account managers, but you're a pre-sales SC. And so obviously you take a little bit more of a different view uh, to a sales call and a customer meeting or overall a customer engagement. But in the contact center business, you've been doing it for a long time. How has selling contact center software maybe changed or is different uh, over time? Or how is it how is it different than selling other software? I would say it's the same as selling other software because people want to see the experience. They want to feel the complexity. They want to understand what does it take to actually be successful in this particular realm. So it's all pretty much the same, but uh, what they want to see is how does a software solve their particular business problems versus a generic solution like a Microsoft Word or PowerPoint solution. They want to know how that particular software actually affects their particular point issues. So in your in your title, you now call yourself a conversational AI contact center solution engineer. What, what does that mean? A specialist. So it's a focus on the, uh, the understanding of how to create natural language understanding, which is NLU, that's the acronym for that. And how, what does it take to actually build a natural language processing solution so that when you actually 
speak to the automation, the computer, basically the application, or you type in the, the text for the actual experience on your keyboard, it actually understands that human language, or whether it be spoken English or spoken German or spoken French or Chinese. It actually understands all those different languages and how they highly translates to what your intent is, what you're actually asking for, and being able to write you to the right uh, conversational flow. So then it actually gives you more questions and answers based on your, based on the understanding of what you're actually asking for. So my under, my background is basically both understanding the underlying technology so they can have customers understanding, one, what does it take to actually build these conversational flows, the customer experience, and the actual practicality of how to actually introduce this into your organization. I imagine that's a big part of it, that, that latter comment there, because there's no one solution fits all, right? So I imagine you have to dig quite a bit into some of the business needs and some of the challenges and how they operate as a company in order to really build out those flows. Yes, and there's a lot of competition in the space, a lot of startup companies. What it is, is that the more successful ones basically identify what are the key business problems. And so a lot of times they're asking, do you guys have out-of-the-box solutions for our particular use cases? And the companies that typically have pre-prepared out-of-the-box demos or out-of-the-box solutions ready to go, those are the ones that typically win the deal because they have the expertise in understanding where these particular introductions have basically hit roadblocks and they've actually achieved, they've overcome those roadblocks in order to facilitate a successful implementation. A good example of that is that one of my more recent projects was based for Mount Sinai. So if you go to the Mount Sinai website, their chatbot is the uh, company that I work for. They actually built all that uh, customer experience in that chatbot. It's basically in a conversational AI chatbot. So you can actually type in anything that's an English language I want to talk to a doctor about X. I want to talk to a doctor about Y. And it'll understand exactly what you're asking for. And it'll write you to the right doctor based on your request. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Sometimes I, uh, you know, I, I've been on those chatbots and sometimes I don't know that I'm talking to a chatbot. You know, it's getting better. It's hard to tell at some point at sometimes. Yes. Well, so Samuel, I imagine with this technology, um, demos are a big deal, right? Customers probably need to see it, want to see it. But with such a complex product, you just can't go in with a generic, I assume you can't go in with, with a generic demo and just demo the whole thing. What are some of the best practices that you like to follow when doing a good quality demo? So it's better not to just do a platform demonstration, just space logging and show the keyboard and the user interface. Ideally, what you want to understand is that before you go into the demo, get from the customer or chief from the customer in the pre-meetings, what are the objectives that you're trying to solve for? What are the use cases? and then present a demonstration around those use cases. That's much more powerful storytelling at the end of the day than just showing a generic platform display of your all your features and your functionalities. Nobody care about it because a lot of customers, they don't, want, they don't want to build, they want to buy an experience. They don't want to build anymore. They want to buy an experience. And so right. they want the, the vendor to actually build it for them and deliver it. They just want to understand how to change the oil and change the tires of the technology, but they don't want to understand how to build it from ground zero. Yeah. So what time-wise, what is that process when going through the prep and having those pre-prep meetings, you know, one meeting, two meetings, you know, one week, month, how long does that take you? Well, so the um, the demos can take, for example, one week. Because typically what happens is that you have a pre-meeting with the customer to understand, unless they've already presented a, through, through an RFI, of course, for information, then you'll give you a preview of what they're looking for. But if they don't give you an RFI, then you have to ask them. What are the current use cases that you're looking for? From there, you could then 
construct your, uh, if you don't already have one, construct your demo. In many cases, you already should already have maybe a, a four or five demos pre-built based on the top 10 use cases that you, you have in a particular vertical, like healthcare mm-hmm. or financials. So you're already ready to go into the most probably use cases are already asking for. So you don't have to build something. The less time you have to build, the less issues you're actually going to have downstream. Yeah. Well, I love it. I, I've, I've sat through a lot of demos over the years. And, uh, you know, there's so many components in any given demo. It's it's not a matter of what you're excited about. It's what's relevant to the customer and why. Yes. And uh, you've got to do that pre-work and it just makes it much more, uh, much more interesting and relevant for the customer. I want to break in with this quick commercial from me. I am very excited to announce that we have our first multifamily real estate deal for the year. This is a really nice boutique 88 unit complex in Tempe, Arizona, which is an incredibly strong submarket of the Phoenix area. And we are partnered with my friend Reed and his company at the RSN Group. They're the, the ones that found the deal. And they also have another asset uh, very close by this particular property. Investment spots on this one, they're going to fill up quickly because it is also structured to accept 1031 exchanges. And there's a number of exchanges out there right now looking for a home. So if you're interested, just contact us through hightechfreedom.com or you could book a call using the link in the show notes. And even if you just want to learn a little bit more about the investing process, let's chat. I'm happy to share and follow up with some educational resources. Now back to the show. I, you know, I'm curious. So you've been uh, as an SE, you know, I, I don't have as many SEs on. What have you learned over your career and over your time of selling? What are you doing differently that maybe you weren't doing earlier in your career as a sales engineer? I would say taking chances. You have to be able to have the confidence in your team that you that they're willing to take a chance on your idea. Being able to speak up about your particular idea or your position. Being able to defend your position, uh, that's key without raising your, your voice. You want to speak in a very calm and manner and in a very intelligent manager manner to actually affect change within the organization or change within the group that you're actually working in relative to a position that you want to take that might influence the customer in a positive way to having the courage to speak up but but in a very calm and, and intellectual way do you mean with your account management team account team or, or even some of your own management but so i would just say if at a sales level your content content between you and the sales people that you support and being able to um, speak up to your ideas. But what you don't want to do, you don't want to become emotional about it because then it just turns people off. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's such a good point because, I mean, it is a team sport and, um, you know, the AM is going to have a certain perspective, but they're not the technical person. And you're going to maybe see something and the AM is always going to, I shouldn't say always, but they're going to be very coin operated, right? They're going to like, what is the fastest path to get my deal closed? Yes. But sometimes there's bigger opportunity if you kind of look at it differently. Maybe an SC can see the bigger picture, see the landscape. I remember working with you back in the day, and I can't remember the account, but you you kind of had this idea that you started to get really excited about and passionate about. And it had something, I don't know, maybe it was like voiceover frame relay for this one account, but you were kind of mapping out, hey, but what if we did this? And you kept saying, but what about this? Or what if we went this way? And you kept saying, imagine this. And I don't even know if the product could total, if it was necessarily built for that particular deployment, but you had this vision of maybe doing it more efficiently or effectively. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's, let's run with it. 
There would be no uh, Netflix if I had my idea with Hollywood Video. That was the one. <laughs> so yes, Hollywood Video would actually, if they took my suggestions, there would there would be no Netflix. They would be the Netflix. They would be the streaming distribution of all media, yeah, voice and video and whatever. So yeah, yeah that was that was my idea back in the day. <laughs> well, it's funny. I had that same idea for music. So uh, I, I don't know what happened there. Well, so Samuel, you um. You know, you've worked with a lot of SEs and a lot of AMs. I mean, what do you feel separates the top 20% of pre-sales SEs from the rest of the pack? You know, what does a high-end, high-performing SE need to be doing day in and day out to really um, help the account field team perform at a high level? A good storyteller, someone who can actually articulate very well, speak well to the customers but also speak well where the technology just kind of infuses itself in the conversation. It's not like, it doesn't stand up like, like a bright light. It's just part of the, the conversation that flows quite well. So on a very articulate SE is actually going to be very successful in this space, much more than a very technical brainiac for the technology. Yeah. Because if you can articulate in a very well-sounding voice, but also in a very well-meaningful, articulated um, storytelling that how this is actually going to fit well for the customer, then then you're actually going to see a lot of failure conditions in your career because they people want to hear how this is actually going to shine for them and their end customers. Yeah, totally agree. And I've been I've been really promoting the idea of doing more storytelling when selling because one of the things that I've seen over the years is it really helps the customer on their own start to connect the dots of what you do versus their own organization. Because you can go in and know your product really well and have you know your your messaging down. But you don't know intimately the problems the customer has. You're going to ask the questions. You're going to get some information. But when you start telling a story about an experience that somebody else had, the problem, the journey, the outcome, how there was light at the end of the tunnel, they start to say, huh, you know, I remember back in the day when we were doing this or we're having this or maybe we're having this problem right now. It's so it's so powerful. It's, you know, I really, you know, it's all about helping them connect the dots. So let me ask you this. When you're. I'm not a great, I'm actually not a great storyteller. So I'll promote that we need to do it, but I'm not great at it. It's <laughs> a typical manager, right? But Samuel, one of the things I'm curious about is how do you organize all of your stories? Do you just keep them kind of locked in your head or you know, is there any way that you maybe organize them for different use cases and products, whatever? Well, I've been fortunate. I have an artistic side to me. So that allows me to kind of create these stories in my head and basically try to articulate well how it's actually going to sound. So what I do is actually before I have the meeting, I sit on a Zoom and I record myself speaking the story to, to myself so then I can play it back and see does it flow well? How does it sound? How does it actually appear from the visualization for the customer? So that's what I do is actually write down some just highlights of what I want to speak to. And I kind of walk through the different highlights in my storytelling. And then I basically play it back to myself so I can see visually and hear audibly does it actually work well? I love that. I guarantee you most reps and SEs don't do that. <laughs> that is such a great, great idea. And I have to imagine, I think for a lot of people, it's pretty uncomfortable to record yourself. I mean, we're getting used to Zoom nowadays, so maybe not as big of a deal as it once was. But still, even when I do a podcast, to go back and watch myself and listen to myself, I'm used to it now. I've done it enough. But early on, man, that was uncomfortable. But in the process of doing that, you pick up. I was like, wow. How many times did I say, um, or how many times did I say, uh, yes. you pick up on those things by going back. And now, you know, you may not be perfect when you go back and deliver it, but you've, you've kind of tweaked it a little bit and you're aware of those things and you can kind of see maybe how you're coming across. So that is, 
that's so awesome that you do that. I've not really talked to any rep that that does that. It takes time and people don't want to spend the time and effort. That's the problem. You need to reserve the time to get it done. Oh, you mean work? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, so so Samuel, maybe shifting gears a little bit. So you mentioned that you're a little bit more of a create. You've got a creative side. So you recently published a book. Yes. What's that all about? I created a book of poems I've been that I've been writing over the last twenty years, and I wanted to basically collate those into a format that can share it to other people that might be able to take some inspiration from the poetry that I've written. And it's much more written towards the romantic side. So you have to have a romantic heart to actually a, be, a beating heart in order to actually appreciate some of the the lines of words that I actually have to share. So were you just writing these poems um, for fun, or? Were they for fun? I started with my wife in the beginning when we first met her, but after that, it's been much more personal to where I've just been posting on my Facebook account for others to see. Okay, so hypothetically, could I maybe borrow one of your poems and use them for my own personal needs? Hypothetically, if you go and buy my book, yes, you're more than happy to. Do. <laughs> okay, okay. Simo, what is the book called? The book is called uh, Therapy for the Heart. Therapy for the Heart. It's found on Amazon okay. or Kindle. All right. Therapy for the heart. Excellent. Well, so I'm curious. I often talk about freedom. Uh, you know, the podcast is called High Tech Freedom. What does freedom mean to you? Being able to travel to my favorite place in the world anytime I want to. <laughs> Thailand is one of the most favorite, beautiful countries I've ever been to. And I would love to be able to just have the freedom and flexibility at any moment in time where I feel like I need to get away, to be able to just get away. Yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful. Would you uh, want to work remotely there if, uh, if that was possible, or do you just want to totally disconnect? I would like to retire there ideally. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like good living to me. Well, Samuel, um, anything else that you'd want to share with the audience, just from your time and experience being a pre-sales SE? I would just say, um, if you have the opportunity to focus more towards the uh, what they call self-service automation of conversational AI. That is the landscape of the future. So if you could grasp and gain access to training and learnings and understanding of how that actually is going to be appreciated within your organization, then that's actually going to be the directions of the future. Everybody's talking about automation, self-service automation, AI today. And that's where everything is trending towards. So learning about machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence is actually where you need to be to basically continue the trajectory of your positive trajectory of your, of your career, yeah. I think. Would you say that also applies to the AM account manager learning that? Only the uh, what the objectives of those solutions going to provide the value proposition. Then not so much the technical, but what the value is going to bring bring to the end customers, the, the return on investment, those kind of things. Be able to be articulate the, the financial value is actually very good. I also think knowing just a little bit about some of those trends in the industry it provides a little bit of opportunity to create maybe some credibility maybe be able to provide insight back to your customer because some of our customers are just not they're not able to keep up with all of this so the ability to kind of know where that industry is going what companies are doing the landscape of things sometimes can provide some insight to your client so where the biggest bang of the buck is not to have this ai for your in customers or clientele but the biggest bang for the buck actually turns out to be for the internal employees to automate the uh, IT services or the HR services for the internal employees. So then you don't have to have help desk or overhead for just supporting the internal employees. You can just have AI supporting their request or their inquiry. Yeah, 
Cool stuff. Yeah, that's amazing how far technology is coming along, looking to see where it's going to go next. Well, Samuel, I really appreciate your time. Really nice to catch up with you. It's been a long time. Have a great day. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.